Praise God. So let me let me plunge into a few things here in the next few minutes and see if we can send, uh, glean some things from the Word of God. I won't. I'll try not to bore you too much tonight. But uh, I, I do. I have, and I felt this a few days ago. As a matter of a fact, you may have got my text today. It just said, "Have you ever felt like no one understood you?" Is there anybody here like that? Now, if you didn't raise your hand, we're fixing to have a sermon on lying. <laughs> and you can come on down to the altar. But uh, we've all been there, haven't we? Days when we felt uh, the blues, or days when we felt deserted, or days when we felt lonely. Days when we didn't have answers, couldn't find answers, didn't know where to get answers. Just those days, I, I, I'm I just going to talk from the heart for a little while here tonight. I don't have a whole lot of notes, but i got a whole lot of heart. And so I'm just going to talk to you from the heart a little while. And I think, I think we've all been to the place that I'm speaking of tonight where we feel like nobody understands what we're going through. Nobody understands uh, how we feel right now. Nobody understands the things that, that are coming upon us from every direction sometimes, sickness, disease, uh, financial stress, marital problems, situations in your family, situations on your job. Sometimes life is overwhelming, isn't it? It just gets to be so much that we don't really know what to do next. Have you ever felt that way? Well, tonight I'm going to talk to you. Because what I want to do tonight is assure you that you are not alone. And I want to tell you that there's somebody that understands you. I may not. Your family may not. Your wife or husband may not. But I know someone that does. And I hope in the next few minutes I can make you believe and understand that we are serving a God that knows. Everybody say He knows. And He understands. Say it with me, He understands. You see, when nobody else understands, God does. And here's why. I want, I want, to, I want to lay a little foundation for the things that I want to say tonight. Here, here's where you have to go to understand this. In the very first chapter of the Bible, the Bible said, Let us make man, God said, and let us make man in our image and after our likeness. That's what God said. He made mankind. As he was going to be. He did not have help. He spoke as though of those things that were not as though they were. Isaiah said, he alone stretched forth the heavens and the earth. God said in the book of Isaiah, I stretched forth the heavens and the earth all by myself. So we understand that there was nobody with God, but God in his divine wisdom looked into the future and saw the body that he would put on and saw what he would become as a man. And he said, I'm going to make man just like I am going to be. And so he did that. So God, now notice this if you will. This is not some great revelation, something that you've known, but I must remind you tonight. God spoke the world into existence. He said, let there be light, and there was light. He divided the firmament from the, 
from the he divided the light and the darkness. He divided, he made the animals. He spoke the world. Everything that he did, he spoke. He said, "Let there be light. Let let there be let there be uh, uh, the sea, the land, the oceans, uh, the animals. Everything that you're looking at, God made. Okay, I can read that all to you out of the book of God tonight, where he spoke." But not man. He didn't speak man to do existence. When he got ready to make a man, the Bible said he picked up dust and he formed man from the dust of the earth. And then he breathed into that man the breath of life and he became a living soul. So we're special. We're not like anything else God has made. Because God made us, handmade us in his own likeness. And I don't believe that's just the physical things that he was talking about. Uh, I, was, I was just thinking today, preparing for tonight, and I, I got to thinking about all the medical world that we live in and, and how, you know, I mean, my Lord, they, they got machines that can look through you. Uh, they, they can see every part of your body. They can, they can, they've named every bone, every tissue. They've studied the brain. They've studied... But nobody, nobody knows more about you than God. He's the maker of men. You believe that tonight? He understands. Let me tell you, let me tell you what he did. He created man and then he became man. 4,000 years into time, God put on flesh. I said a little bit about it last Wednesday night. In a two-minute span, let me tell you what happened, okay? God was, is a spirit, John 4, 24. Nobody's ever seen God, John 1, 18. No man has seen God. You can't see a spirit. You can feel them, but you can't see them. So God is a spirit. He created the heavens and the earth. He created everything that we see. He created mankind. But 4,000 years into time, God decided to become flesh. And He, the Spirit, overshadowed Mary, the little virgin girl. And she had a baby. And His name was Jesus. And that Jesus, whose father was God and whose mother was flesh, was both God and man. And so, God came to dwell among men. Now, now, when you think about that, he could have come any other way. He could have entered the, the world through palaces. He could have come through uh, the, the throne room of a king. He could, he could have come any other way, but he chose. He chose to come just like you and I got here. He came at a birth in Bethlehem's manger. He, 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 he came as just a tiny baby. He grew up, now think about this, God did. God put on flesh, and He grew up just like you did, Daryl, and just like I did, and just like you did. He grew up with parents. He grew up in a home. He, he, he was just a, a normal, well, He never was normal, but He was just a boy. And then He grew into a young man. And then at the age of 30, we understand and we read the Scriptures and find that He started His earthly ministry. And for three and a half years, He ministered upon this earth. Now, what other God would do what our God done? 
who left the ivory palaces of glory and put on flesh and dwelt among men. Now, let me tell you why he did that. Because God understands people better than you understand yourself. I'm not coming with a great revelation, but I'm coming to help you tonight. Because our God became flesh and dwelt among us. He dwelt among us. He lived upon this earth. He knows about pain. He knows about sickness. He knows about trouble. Amen? He knows about being hungry. He knows about being thirsty. He knows about family issues. He knows about having brothers and sisters. He knows about having parents. Now think about it. We're not talking about, we're not talking about some fictional character. We're, we're talking about God who became man. This is what I've come to tell you on a Wednesday night. Because of this, He understands us. I'm going to give you a lot of scripture, a few scriptures here tonight. The Bible teaches us these things. Here, here's the thing about our God. Everybody say, He sees all things. You believe that tonight? You know what the Bible said? Listen to what Isaiah 40, 22 said. It is He, our God, that sitteth upon the circle of the earth, and the inhabitants thereof are as grasshoppers, that stretcheth out the heavens as a curtain, and spreadeth them out as a tent to dwell in. He sits upon the circle of the earth. And, and the book of Chronicles, the second Chronicles, chapter 16 and verse 9 says this, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward him. The eyes of the Lord see everything. My mama used to tell me, God's watching you. Boy, I'm telling you, that's a scary thought, isn't it? But it is the eyes of the Lord. And so here's what you've got to know. He sees you when you get up every morning. He knows when you go to work. He knows what you do during the day. He sees the uprising and the downsetting of all men. You think God don't understand you? If He became flesh, and yet He is still God, and He sitteth upon the circle of the earth, and his eyes are going to and fro throughout the, the whole earth. And furthermore, he is a God that is omniscient. You know what that word means? He knows everything. He knows every name in this room tonight. He's probably better than I am. He knows where you went today. He knows how you feel today. This is scary. But he also knows the thought and the intent of the heart. He knows that. And a lady one time years ago, I've told you about it several times along the way, but I never will forget it. Not here. People don't do that here. You know that. But I was passionate in another place, the only other place. And, and she called me one evening about for church. And she said, Pastor, I just want to tell you that I've been over to Natchez today to the mall, and my feet are hurting me so bad. I've been walking in that mall all day. But she said, you know, Pastor, and this, this hit me like a ton of bricks, God knows my heart. And you know what I said to her sister? He sure does. He knows your heart. Everybody say, He knows my heart. You know what? He is, he is omniscient. He knows everything from the beginning to the end. 
He sees the going and coming of all mankind. In Matthew chapter 10 and verse 30, He said, But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Now, you don't have much problem with some of us. But just think of this. He knows how many hairs every soul that sits on these pews tonight and everybody you saw today, and everybody you'll see this week, and all the seven billion people in the world, He is a wise God, and He literally knows the hairs on every head of every man. I want that to sink in. Because I want you to see about a God tonight. That knows everything. He knows, I thought the Bible said in Matthew 12, 20, 25, when he was dealing with these, these disciples and these folks that he was teaching, the Bible said he knew their thoughts. He knew their thoughts. As a matter of fact, you go, you go look in the scripture and pull your concordance out, and you'll find several times where the Lord, where the Bible said, and he knew their thoughts. He knew what they were about to say. He knew what they were going to do. He knew what was going on in their mind. So let me tell you, you can't, you can fool me. You can fool your wife or your husband or your family or your preacher or your friend or your boss, but you can't fool God because He knows your heart. He understands the intent of your mind. He sees beyond this flesh and looks at the inside of us. That's why I've come to tell you tonight that God understands who you are. And God understands where you are. And God knows about your dilemma. He knows what kind of battle you're fighting. He hears the prayers. You think God don't hear? He's heard you in the middle of the night. He's heard you at noontime in the day. He knows everything you've asked. He knows why you're asking. So God understands people. There's a book, of, uh, there's a chapter in the book of Psalms that is intriguing to me. It's very powerful, very powerful. I I picked it up and read it again today, and and when I began to read, I just uh, it, it it dawned on me what what God really is and what God really knows. In the 78th chapter of Psalms, it, it, it begins in the first eight verses about teaching your children God's law. And then it goes into the great and the marvelous works of God that He did for the children of Israel. And He talks about Ephraim, and He talks about Jacob, and He talks about... And then He talks about their ingratitude for the provisions that God provided for them. And then it comes down to verse 32. Because you see, if you read that, you, you'll, hear, you'll hear the Word of God say this, He gave them water out of a rock. He fed them angel food. That's what the Bible called it. Manna out of the sky. Heavenly corn, the Bible called it. He gave them a cloud to lead them by day and a fire by night. He gave them shoes that never wore out. He gave them clothes that never wore out. He gave them everything they needed to make the journey. And yet, they grumbled and they mumbled and they complained and they were they had no gratitude for the goodness and the mercies of God. So when it comes to verse 32, the Bible said, For all this they sin still, and believe not His wondrous works. No matter what God did, He couldn't get them to believe the goodness and the power and the mercies and the glory of God. Therefore, therefore, verse 33 says, Their days did He consume in vanity, and their years in trouble. And when He slew them, then... 
They saw him, and they returned and inquired early after God. And they remembered. Listen to what it says now. They remembered that God was their rock and the high God their Redeemer. Nevertheless, they did flatter him with their mouth, and they lied unto him with their tongues. For their heart was not right with him, neither were they steadfast in his covenant. Now, here's what God said. They'd say one thing, but they'd live another. And God knew it. You, you can't fake God out by what you say. You can stand and say, I love Him with all my heart. But your actions speak louder than your words. Is anybody with me tonight? You can tell God one thing. They, another place in the Scripture, He said, They were near me with their mouth, but far from me with their heart. So God looks past what you say. He understands the thinking of men. But I want you to hear the next verse because it's so powerful. The next few verses. verses, Because in verse 38, here's what it said. But He, talking about God, being full of compassion, forgave their iniquity and destroyed them not. He forgave them. And he did not destroy them. Yea, many a time, somebody in this room say many a time, turned, many a time, turned he his anger away and did not stir up his wrath. And verse 39, let me tell you who gave me this verse to preach many years ago, and I did, not like I am tonight, but I, I, I preached from this verse, Todd Oglethorpe. And here's what he said. He said, i got a sermon for you. He said, I want you to read this. And he handed me that on a little piece of paper. I'll never forget it. Because here's what, God, here's what the Word of God said about God. For God, I'm going to put God where it says He. For He remembered that they were but flesh. He remembered that they were but flesh. God understands people. And when you don't think there's hope, there's hope. When you can't see your way out, God remembers that you are but flesh. Don't give up praying. Don't quit asking. Don't quit believing. Look, if you're like most of us, and you are, you've asked God for forgiveness for things you went back and done again. And you fail. Paul said, I wanted to do good, but every time I tried to do good, evil came. I'm paraphrasing, but that's, that's actually what the Apostle Paul said. I'm trying to do right, but somehow I haven't been able to do right. Does anybody here ever fight the old flesh? Huh? Anybody ever told God, God, I'm going to pray more this year than I've ever prayed? You look up six months later and you pray less. God, I'm going to give like I've never give. And then the car breaks down, washing machine tears up, kids get sick. Well, Lord, you understand. And guess what? He remembers that you are but flesh. Does it give us a license? Since somebody sent me a text the other day and, and said, Do you believe that grace is the unmerited favor of God? Absolutely, I do. Absolutely, I do. None of us deserve grace. 
But grace is the unmerited favor of God. It's what God gives us when we're undeserving. You know what the Bible said? While we were yet sinners. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He loved me when I was unlovable. He loved me when I didn't deserve anybody to love me. He loved me anyway. Are you hearing me tonight? The Bible said about Israel, He remembered that they were just flesh. He couldn't kill them because He remembered they were just flesh. He, oh, He brought judgment against them at times. There were thousands that would die at the hand of God because of disobedience. There were things that happened in the Old Testament. You go study that He brought judgment to them. At one time, He said, I'm going to wipe the whole mess out. And Moses said, God, if you're going to kill them, kill me also. But the Lord said, oh no, I won't do that. What are you saying, preacher? I'm here to preach to people tonight that live in a real world, that live with real problems. But I want to tell you, you've got a real God. A God that understands your struggle, a God that knows how you're struggling, and, and He has compassion on you. And He will love you beyond those things that you're going through. I don't really like the song. But it might say something to you. There's an old song that says, It's me again, Lord. Anybody remember that song? It's me again. Oh, how many times we have been before God and said, It's me again, Lord. It's me again, Lord. I got a prayer that needs an answer. I need something from you today, God. I I I I don't know I don't know. How I can make you believe that God has, has looked upon you and understood you and He knows you. And when you don't think God is looking, He's looking. And when you don't think God's listening, He's listening. And when you don't think God's near, He's near. And He remembers that you are just flesh. Nobody hears an angel. I have, we don't have a room in this church to clip up folks' wings. We don't have a room to shine halos here. There's none of us angels. None of us have made it yet. We're going to. I believe we're going to. But we're not there yet. You see, here's what, here's what the Bible said in the New Testament in the book of Hebrews. I love this scripture. I love this scripture. Now, I talked to you about God who became man and flesh so that he could understand flesh. And this is what I truly believe. I truly believe. That, and I believe He came for the sacrifice of the whole world. I believe God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth on Him should not perish but have everlasting life. I believe that. I believe He came to be the supreme sacrifice for all of our sin. you believe that? But I also know this, that while He was here and He was a man, He got a first-class education about being a human being. And that's how he knows us best. Here's what the Bible said. And I'm going to read it in a couple of translations tonight because I want you to hear it. Hebrews 4.15. The Bible said, for we have not. This is the King James Version. We have not an high priest, that's talking about God, which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. But was in all points, I want you to say this with me, but was in all points, come on, say it, but was in all points tempted as like as we are, yet 
without sin. You say, well, nobody knows what I'm going through. God does. Nobody knows what I'm up against. Yes, He does. Here's the Scripture. Number one, He knows your flesh. Number two, He understands the feelings of your infirmities. And the Bible said that He's been tempted in all points like as you are and I am. The difference in Him and us is He didn't sin. We fail, but God's never failed. There was no sin in Him. Neither was guile found in his mouth. He was a sinless person upon the earth. The only sinless person that has ever lived upon the face of this earth. Amen. Because he was God and man. The Bible said in verse 16, Let us therefore come boldly under the throne of grace that we might obtain, we may obtain mercy and find grace to help us in the time of need. Can I read it to you in the Amplified Scripture? I want you to hear it. I want you to hear what it has to say. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to understand and sympathize and have a shared feeling with our weaknesses and our infirmities and liability to the assaults of temptation, but one who has been tempted in every respect as we are, Yet without sinning, let us then fearlessly and confidently and boldly draw near to the throne of grace, the throne of God's unmerited favor to us sinners, that we may receive mercy for our failures and find grace to help us or to help in good time for every need, appropriate help and well-timed help. Coming just when we need it. Now, if that don't light your fire, your wood is wet, honey. I'm here to tell you, we got a high priest that's come to understand and to sympathize and to have a shared feeling with every weakness and every infirmity and every liability and every assault of temptation. And we can go right before him without any reservation and say, God, I need help. And because he understands you. He will give you help. That's what prayer is all about. That's what prayer is all about. That's when you fall on your face and say, God, I don't have anywhere else to go. I need you. And suddenly you feel the hand of God reach down. And He begins opening doors where there is no door. And He unleashes heaven's blessings. And He comes with an answer that you didn't know existed. Because you turn to God in your time of need. He is touched with the feelings of your infirmities. He is sympathetic to your need. Oh, let me read in one more version, okay? Just one more. This moved me today when I began to study this Scripture. I want to read it in the NIV. Here's what it said. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness. But we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are, yet without sin. So let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence. Somebody say, with confidence. 
Confidence about what? Confidence that He understands where we are. Confidence that He will forgive us our sin. Confidence that He will take care of our situation. Confidence so that you may receive mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, I didn't come here with some message that's out of this world that you can't understand. I didn't come to preach to you some deep doctrinal message tonight that there's an argument about it in the world. Here's what I've come to tell you. Jesus is a very present help. And Jesus knows where you are. And Jesus wants to help you in your dilemma. Quit, quit believing that God don't care. God does care. i got proof God cares. i got proof He cares. Hallelujah. Listen to this. 1 Peter 5, verses 6 and 7. Humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that He may exalt you in due time. You want to get God's attention? You humble yourself. How mighty people don't get God? The Bible said, He resisteth the proud. One translation literally says, He stiff arms the proud. You know what a stiff arm is? Any of you football addicts? You seen a running back? Stiff arm? That's when some guy's coming in for a tackle and he puts his hand out. The runner does. And he puts it on his helmet or in his chest and he pushes him down. God stiff arms folks that are proud. But he giveth grace to the humble. So he said, humble yourself. Under the mighty hand of God, that He may exalt you in due time. Now watch this, verse 7. It's on the screen. Casting all your care upon Him, for He cares for you. So the next time you get to the place and you say, nobody cares, you go to 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7. Because here's all you have to do. Take it to Jesus. Take it to Jesus. When you have a problem you can't solve, when there's been a hole in your resolve, when you don't have an answer or know which way to go, take it to Jesus. Take it to Jesus. Casting all your care, not some of your care, not a little bit of your care. Everybody say all your care. The Bible said all your care upon Him. Bring it to the altar and leave it with somebody that understands. Look, i got to confess to you. I have people talk to me often from time to time. People that go through things that I've never been through. Let me tell you something. You don't understand everybody that's going through something in their situation. You, you've never walked in their boxes. You've never been where they've been. You can't understand that. Amen? I understand what it's like to have a father pass away because I've been there. I walked by Mark Foster at the funeral the other night and I said, know where you are, exactly where you are. Been there. Anybody ever had your dad pass away? You've been there. Guess what? Until you've been there, you don't know. I don't know what it's like to lose a mother. I've never been there. I can imagine the pain and the hurt. And the grief. I don't understand everything about everybody. I, you know, I have people that come that, that are going through the divorce. 
I, I, I've never been through divorce. Don't want to go through a divorce. Erling leaves me. I'm going with her. Got news for you. You ain't getting rid of me. So you know. But here's the facts. I try to understand, but I don't always understand. I try to, I try to get a grip on what they're going through. Have you ever talked to anybody that, you know, and you gotta just let them talk, and when you, when they leave, you, 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 deep down you feel like you hadn't really helped them. You helped them just by letting them talk. And let them lean on you. But we don't understand one another all the time. We don't understand the situations of life. Everybody is unique. And everybody has problems. And everybody goes through tough times. And, and times that I can't, I, I, can't, I can't understand. You with me? You know I'm telling the truth. But I want to tell you something tonight. There is one. That knows every situation, every problem, every pain, every grief, everything that you've ever been through or will ever go through. And let me tell you what you have to learn. And I've learned this along the way and you need to learn it if you don't already know it. That when nobody else can understand, you can find you a closet of prayer and go to God and He understands he understands your reasoning. He understands when you don't have a reason. He understands the hurt and the pain that you're going through. If you go study, I challenge some of you to go study the book of Hebrews chapter 4 where that word infirmities is used. We like to think of that as sickness. That's more than sickness. That's way more than sickness. I challenge you tonight just to go home and get your dictionary and then go to the concordance or, or, or go to the commentary and you begin to read. He's touched with the feelings of our infirmities. Well, let me tell you, it's our weakness. It's our struggles. It is our sickness. He is touched by that. But He's touched by more than just a disease or a sickness. Cancer moves Him. Heart trouble moves Him. Sugar diabetes moves Him. He's touched with all that. But He's also touched by divorce and finances and family situations and job situation. He knows about all of that. He made us. He sees. He's everywhere. He knows. He came to live. He went back. He sent His presence and His Spirit. And He said, I will be with you always, even to the end of the earth. And He said, well, here's what you do. Here's what you do. You can cast all your care upon Him. Because He cares. He knows. Somebody say He cares. This sounds like a Sunday morning sermon, but I don't care. I was sitting here Sunday morning, and the Lord dropped this on my heart. And He said, let me tell you something. I understand people. Because let me tell you about me. I get mad at people. People sometimes get on my nerves, in case you don't know that. People sometimes rub me the wrong way. Oh, I know. None of you. None of you. You love everybody. And nobody gets on your nerves. Some folks just get obnoxious to me. But not to God. Not to God. He understands. Because you know, here's what God knows. He knows what happens to you in the middle of the night. He knows what happened to you when you was five years old. He knows what, what went on when you were 15 and 20 and 25. He understood. He saw your parents. He saw your aunt and your uncle. He knows the folks you've dealt with. You see, I'm... I'm 
I'm plugging in right here. God knows all that. You don't have to tell anybody. He already knows all that. But He understands. He knows the environment you came out of. He knows whether you were raised a Christian or, or, or raised by, by somebody that was an agnostic or an atheist or somebody that didn't believe in God or believe in church. He knows all that. And let me tell you something. If you don't think your past affects you, you're exactly wrong. I need to bring Erlene up here and let her preach to you a little bit tonight. Because in all her studies and the things that she does on a daily basis, she can tell you there's certain things that cause certain things later in life. There's certain things in kids' life that causes things later on in life. Are you with me? There's certain certain things that people act out, and there's there's always a reason and a purpose. And, it, and you've got to dig down and get the reason before you know what's really going to... Well, we can't do all that. But God can do all that. Because let me tell you, God saw you when you used to live in Tallulah, Jimmy, as a boy. He saw you raising. He knows your mama and your daddy. He knows the church you went to. He knows your pastors. He knows what you've been through in life. He knows your kids. He knows everything. You see, I hope you grab what I'm saying here tonight. The facts are God understands. And he knows everything. And guess what? I got great news for you. He cares. He cares. Don't leave this building ever again. Don't leave. Don't get up one morning ever again saying nobody cares. God does. Don't ever feel again like nobody understands. God does. That's my sermon to you on a Wednesday night. If you ever feel like nobody understands, you remember. You remember. August the 15th, 2018, this preacher stood in this pulpit and said, God understands where you are, and He cares about what's going on. Shall we stand? That wasn't too bad, was it? Lord, have mercy. I hope I've helped you tonight. The ushers are going to come receive your offering and you give us unto God here this evening. Amen. Lord have mercy. I'm letting you out early tonight. That's good. That's good. I'll work overtime Sunday. You'll be here Sunday for a move of God in this church. We're going to have a great move of the Holy Ghost. God is doing some awesome things for us. Let me tell you something, folks. Listen to me right now. First of all, first of all, let me let me let me wind up all I'm I'm, I'm saying by this. By, by, about what I've had to say tonight, I, I, I'm not. I'm not just up here bopping my gums. I felt in the Lord that somebody needed to hear that tonight, and I felt like tonight was the night to say it. That's something that I could preach on a Sunday morning, but tonight God designed it. Tonight I was well, all week long. I just, you know, I thought, Lord, what, what is this really? What you want me to say? Because that's simple, and they know that. But somebody needs to be reassured on this Wednesday night that God's got you. He knows about you. He understands you. He's going to stay with you. He cares. Is there anybody that believes that here right now? He cares. He knows. Yes, He does. He knows. He knows. He knows. 